threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Oh, Cameron. Oh, yeah. Boy, we are excited today. Mm-hmm. Ooh. This one comes at a good time in my life. It does, right? Yeah. yeah. It's very, <laughs> very timely for you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is, a, this is a great one for everyone that's into outdoors, oh, yeah. it's into guns, it's Dude. into vehicles, bugging out. And it was just so much fun. Dude, it was so much fun to talk to. Who are we talking to today? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we are talking with Mike of Last Line of Defense. Mm-hmm. He so Mike is a creator of Last Line of Defense, and it talks about um, he does a lot of product testing. Mm-hmm. He's a prepper himself. He's a dad, and he also um, is really into overlanding. So yeah. he has a lot of info and good tips on you know building that bug out vehicle that you've all wanted that I've wanted. Uh-huh. And so man, he 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 has some great information on like communication, on the gear to put on it, yeah. best thing to put like mods for your vehicle. Great stuff. So yeah, I think I think this. you'll really like this episode. This this is like some really fantastic information. It was just fun too. It was just a really good. It conversation. was yeah. He's easy right. to talk with. I feel like he's you know one of us. Yeah, he's one. He's, he's one, one of, of the us. Group. He is a casual prepper, mm-hmm. just like you all. But before we get into that, I got to tell you about Ryan already. Pre-kitted bug out bags are usually ill-equipped one-stop shops that lack the attention to detail of a custom loadout. Not the case over at Rhino Ready, the truest purveyors of kick-ass survival packs and gear badassery. Their founder, Michael, spent years designing a modular bug out bag that combined critical survival supplies with performance build quality. After launching on Kickstarter, it took many sleepless nights tinkering on weight distribution, prototype testing, and in-person manufacturer visits to bring their products to life. They sell an absolute beast of a pack called the Companion, which you can get fully kitted, or you can just build out the pack however you see fit with your yeah, own gear. So, so whether it's to supplement your existing setup or a gift for a friend or a loved one, you really just can't go wrong. Um, enter our code CASUALPREPPERS at rhinoready.com to take $100 off kitted companions, along with 25% off everything else in the store and free shipping to anywhere in the USA. That is rhinoready, R-I-N-O, ready.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. Do it. That's great. All right, guys. It's time to enjoy Mike from Last Line of Defense. Welcome, guys. Uh, we are so stoked today because we have a fantastic guest, Cameron, don't we? We do have who, an awesome guest. Who do we have? So um, we have Mike of Last Line of Defense, mm-hmm. and he is the creator of Last Line of Defense. And mm-hmm. they talk about, I mean, he talks about products, and he's a preparedness guru. He also does firearms and overland. I mean, he's like the poster boy for prepping in our opinion. I mean, he's what we, he, he lives the life we want to live. He's a poster boy for coolness. Like that's, that's the whole thing. Like yeah. I just, I want to be like Mike, you know what I mean? Seriously. Man, appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks guys. Flattery. Uh, I'm not that cool, but I, I think it is a good fit because I would consider myself, yeah, casual prepper awesome. for sure. Yeah. Not too much doom and gloom, but try to try to have fun with it. That's that's beautiful. That's exactly what we're here trying yeah. to do. I think right? it's pretty obvious on your channel. It just feels more relaxed and it's exciting and you know, yeah. people are just gonna want to be you just like we yeah. are. Yeah. And so can you kind of <laughs> tell the people who are listening if they don't know who you are, who are you? What do you do? And uh, why did we bring you on today? Yeah, I don't know why you brought me on necessarily, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a I'm really a, a pretty regular dude who Felt like starting a YouTube channel a while back, I guess eight or nine, maybe even 10 years ago, something like that, mm-hmm. where I started a YouTube channel just to give uh, tips to people from my real world experience, which again is a pretty regular guy, but I I went through this like concealed carry journey and then preparedness journey. And I I'm probably the thing I'm best at is researching and learning. So I did a ton of research. I learned a bunch. You know, I took a lot of training courses and stuff. And then I just kind of taught, I guess, taught people what I learned along the way. So I just put that into YouTube form, not ever with the intention of starting a YouTube channel or anything like that. Just, oh, let's, where can I put some long format rambling information for people that are new to something that it's hard to find information and maybe I can do a better job of. And I just kind of went down that route. 
and gave people, again, originally concealed carry tips. And that kind of just evolved to one day I decided to show like my truck loadout, kind of my EDC loadout in my truck. And people loved it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll start doing more of this stuff. And the channel has just kind of evolved as I have evolved through the years. So now it's just kind of showing showing the stuff I'm into, which at this current stage in my life is kind of like trying to be a little more self-reliant, build out, build out a little homestead and and do a lot of kind of off-roading and overlanding adventures. Yeah, man, th there's not a lot of YouTube channels that I follow regularly, uh, but yours is one of them. And if somebody asks, like, I'm always like, you've got to go check this guy out. He has the coolest videos, but he's just super, like, unassuming and chill, and it's not, like, yelling at you, you know what I mean? You've got to get this, you got to get two, two, three, you got to blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, it's always like, hey, man, this is what I do, um, and it works for me, um, and I love that. I just, I hate it when somebody's, like, preaching at me, and I don't feel like I'm getting that with you, so that's that's why I like to continue to watch. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And that, yeah, that's it. That's, I definitely, I'm glad that it comes off that way because I never want to try to sell someone on something. Uh, I've done a lot, ton of product testing. I've used a lot of gear and I'm happy to show you kind of what works for me. And if it works for you, cool. If not, that's fine too, yeah. but it's a good place to, you know, kind of start or maybe get to uh, as far as gear wise, if you want to kind of follow and learn from my lessons through the years. So, yeah. yeah absolutely. You do man. an awesome job too. And it's not like information overload. Just yeah. 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 Real simple, straightforward. It's good stuff. Um, so five questions. We've got five questions for you. We're, we're really excited to have you here. Let's just get going. I'm going to start with question one. Um, this is the one that probably everybody's waiting for, but, um, and I think you actually did a video similar to this question not too long ago. Um, but I'm really looking, I really want to get into some overlanding stuff. Um, recently I actually bought a, a 2023 Tacoma. So I'm like nice. primed Congrats. and ready. Oh, thank you, man. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a big deal on the channel. Everybody's sick. Of <laughs> Everybody's sick of hearing about it, but, but I do have it. Um, but it just looks like it's so much fun and it just seems like there's so much really good crossover, um, from overlanding to preparedness, you know? Um, so like what kind of tips would you give or advice would you give a normal dude like me? Like, I really don't know that much about it to, to dip my toes into the overlanding scene. Um, like the best approaches, best way to start uh, gear skills, anything like that, that you can give to us would be so fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a, a huge and important crossover kind of between overlanding and, you know, whether you want to compare that to bugging out, like a bug out rig or just being more self-reliant on, on longer trips or whatever. But to start out, I kind of say the same thing. And sorry, I'm a little, little congested. I'm, there I'm too, a little man. sick Don't or worry. something. <laughs> but um, good. to... to it's good. It's good. Congrats. <laughs> but to start out, I would say like, don't go over the top. Like you don't need a rooftop 10 and this and 35 inch mud terrains and all this. If you have, if you have a Subaru Outback, that's great. If you have a Honda Civic, a little less great, but still you could kind of get out there and find a place that you can drive and bring a tent from Walmart and just kind of see if you enjoy that. If do you enjoy being out in nature? Mm -hmm. I, I was fortunate enough, like I, I didn't grow up with a survivalist dad or anything like that, but he took, he took us camping. He took us fishing. So I spent a lot of time outside when I was younger. So I kind of knew I already liked it, but a lot of people maybe didn't have that experience. Mm -hmm. So I would say where to start is first see if you even like it. See if you get out there and you're like, I hate pissing in the woods, <laughs> yeah. which is rare for a man, but a, a woman oftentimes hates pissing in the woods. For so sure. <laughs> I would say like before you just spend a ton of money trying to build up a crazy rig, first see if you actually like it. And then from there, you kind of build up the gear. You go out maybe with a blow up mattress and a cheap tent. And you're like, man, that blow up my back is on fire. I could not sleep in that. Let me try and find, you know, uh, maybe a trifold mattress. Anyway, you kind of build up from there. You get a cheap stove and you're like, that had a lot of downfalls. Let me get this other stove that has this certain feature. Maybe I'll try to bring a griddle or maybe I won't bring a stove at all. I'll just make a sandwich ahead of time and bring that out. So I would say, yeah, just the concept of not having to go out and buy everything mm -hmm. and just kind of build up what you actually need. Because even if you look at me again, I've, I've had years of refinement of my kit and my gear through the years, but 
what I have might not be an ideal setup for you. Right. Everyone's kind of different. Everyone lives in different places. Like you certainly don't need my truck uh, if you live in Florida mm-hmm. where there's 200 feet of elevation gains. So some of that is specific to where you live and some of it is going to be specific to your family and some of it is going to be specific if you're going out with uh, other people, if you have friends that have limitations in their vehicles, but you really want to go out with them, don't build up a crazy rig if all they have is a Subaru Impreza. Like yeah. there's going to be a disconnect there. So I would say it's kind of a personal journey, but to your earlier point, it is a great way uh, to kind of justify preparedness related purchases, yes. right? This is this is another thing I talk about on my channel, which is like, yeah, you have some people that are just into prepping. Like I just, that is my hobby, preparedness. Yeah. It's not my hobby at all. Like preparedness isn't really my hobby. My hobby is like growing food and raising chickens and shooting guns and self-defense and overlanding and like a lot of aspects that have direct uh, kind of preparedness overlap, mm-hmm. I guess. So as it pertains, to, as as it pertains to overlanding, yeah, it's a great opportunity to build a bug out rig, and and test it and refine it. Uh, it's a great opportunity to get some some ways to cook meals or build fires out in the woods. It's a great opportunity to just. This is another aspect I talk about on the channel. Build a really dope. Uh, prepared daily driver yeah. because uh, uh, fuel economy aside, there's a lot of good reasons to have a relatively built Tacoma, for instance, as a daily driver. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of real life scenarios where you're like, well, four wheel drive really came in clutch here or having a a bumper where I could just push some stuff out of the way to get out really came in hand. Having some beefier tires that, could give me traction to get up, you know, through the median and now, you know, turn around and get back home really comes in handy. So I think there's a huge uh, valuable overlap between kind of overland rigs mm-hmm. and true preparedness. Yeah, man, I love that. And that's that's the thing what I'm trying to do is figure out the best way to So like my Tacoma, it's my daily driver and it's something that I want to I want it to stay comfortable for everyday driving to and from work. I want my wife to be able to drive it without any issues and not feeling like, you know, this is a crazy rig. I just want it to feel, and I want the, you know, as good as the gas mileage is, I want it to stay as good as I can. So I'm trying to figure out how do I approach this um, is keeping it all of those things, this daily driver, this kind of overlanding rig, but also it is something that's great for bugging out when, if, and when that does happen, you know, it's a great rig for that. So, um, yeah, I've been watching your channel religiously trying to figure out how do I approach this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I have a, I mean, I have a 73 F1 or F yeah, F one fifty, And, um, I've been trying to (laughs) talk my wife into let me get like a Tacoma just because, the more modern, uh, more comfortable, because we go in that, and I'm like, yeah, this is my bug out vehicle, but it sucks putting my three boys, my wife and I in that, and it's not a double cab or anything, so it's like... And it's a loud sucker. It's, and it's just like yeah. poor gas mileage. It looks cool, yeah. but it's not practical at all, so that's what I like about um, the stuff that you show. It's just kind of like, it can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Like You can use it every day, and you know, you're ready to go off-road if you need to. Absolutely. And yeah, I think I think that's kind of the sweet spot. Having a daily driver that still retains most of the daily driver functionality yeah. and practicality, but can handle, you know, getting you out of a situation or getting you back into the backcountry a little easier than something that is completely stock. And uh, I don't know if you asked necessarily, but the best play, like the first modification I always say is get some better tires, yeah. honestly. So some the the tires that come from factory, they'll probably get you the best fuel economy, not mm-hmm. gonna lie, but yeah. they're not gonna be the most durable. They're not gonna give you the most traction in a variety of uh, kind of driving terrain. So tires is definitely the first upgrade. And even just just swapping tires will make your, your vehicle, any vehicle, a lot more capable off-road than it mm-hmm. is on-road. But there's a lot of other stuff like, uh, 
gear carrying ability, for instance, like a truck is great. Obviously you can throw, you're like, oh man, they're, they're an EMP just launched. I need to hit a Costco run and get as much rice or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. like there's no better vehicle to transport a lot of gear than a truck. Tacoma, you know, yeah. Tacoma is a small truck, obviously, but it's going to be able to transport a lot of gear. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you could add a roof rack on top of that, for instance, and expand your gear carrying capability even more. So there's a lot of stuff you can do to kind of like, I don't know. And the other thing is it kind of like helps justify these purchases if you take the family camping. Yes. So it's not just like I'm buying a bug out rig and uh, the end of the world <laughs> probably isn't even going to happen. So this is just like a completely theoretical waste of money. But if you go camping once a month with the family, mm -hmm. it's much more justifiable, these mods. I'm so excited just to have my wife listen to this episode. I know. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, I'm trying to figure out is, like, I really want my wife to come with me. So I've got to make it as comfortable as I can for her, right? Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. easygoing. Like, if I had to sleep in the back, I, I'll be fine. But, like, yeah. man, I've got to get to a point where she's like, okay, I'll come because I know I have these conveniences you know, as we're camping. Um, so it's like, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out as well. So but man, yeah. there's just a lot of stuff, man. There's it's, a ton. Super important though. Super important for those of you with families and with wives, yeah. especially, or, you know, it could be, it could be flipped. Maybe the wife is super rugged and the, sure. the husband's not, but you got to make it comfortable for the other person. Cause I'm the mm -hmm. same way. You take me out, I'll, I'll sleep on the ground and have a good time. Like it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, but my wife, not so much. She's like, oh, especially if we're out with other people, it'd be nice if I had a place to pee and yeah. it'd be nice, you know, have, a, you know, be able to wash my hands and stuff. And I'm like, rather than just being like, oh, toughen up, you got to really <laughs> yeah. kind of cater to them because otherwise they're going to hate it. So yeah. if you make it more enjoyable for them, they're going to get more excited about it. This is kind of obvious stuff, but they're going to get more excited about it. And then they're going to be more willing or interested or maybe mm -hmm. even want to go more if they're like, oh yeah, that was a great experience. So kind of any concerns that they have, like, where am I going to pee? We'll just get a bucket and, a, yeah. you know, they, they sell like porta potty, basically bucket lid thing. You can get a little enclosure that pops up in 30 seconds so they can have total privacy. There's a lot of easy ways to make it kind of a lot more comfortable for people that don't love that stuff. Yeah, man, it's so true. And then you actually did a, a video recently about like kind of the, um, a, a single, um, case where you just have all your stuff for, you know, I love your weekender lander videos, you know, and it's like, I love, I love that idea of having like one case that pretty much has everything in it. You throw it in the Tacoma and you go and you can pretty much be self-sustained for the weekend. Right. Like I love that idea as well. Yeah. So definitely another aspect that kind of, kind of has a lot of crossover with preparedness. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of put your stuff into kits. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I call it a camping bin, but you, yeah. you want to call it a go bin or something, you know, something more preparedness oriented you can. So it has a similar concept to like a bug out bag or something like that, where it's just like, it's something that I want to be able to just grab and go. Mm -hmm. Whereas a bug out bag is like an emergency. I really need to get out of here. A camping bin is like, Hey, it's 5 PM on a Friday. I'd really like to go, but I don't want to spend an hour getting ready. Cause it's just, no, you just, I have this bin that is already has all the stuff I need. I just grab it and mm -hmm. I go. So a lot of the, a lot of, again, a lot of concepts carry over between kind of being prepared and, yeah. you know, having a good overland setup. That's uh, like 90% that. of the reason why I don't go camping enough. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, it's a pain pull in the all ass. this stuff together. My kids have taken all the flashlights out of this. And then, yeah, just like, yeah, having it all ready to go to just throw in uh, is such a good idea. And it's, yeah. and it's good absolutely. for bugging out too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you are huge with gear. Like, you, all, like half of your videos are about gear. And I said, I love it because we're gear whores too. We love that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, um, it, that the preparedness is a big thing on your channel. So I, I wanted to throw out this question just to kind of see, um, what you would say and kind of just get a discussion going. So if you knew for some reason in the next few hours, some sort of an SHTF emergency event was going to hit, like it was going to go and you could only pick five uh, pieces of gear. Um, I don't know why this is happening, but you can only pick five. I just want to kind of hear what your pick would be for five to sustain you for the next 72 hours, say. Yeah, that's tough because I like to think myself a man that has those five pieces of gear. 
Alrighty, so yeah. I, I would be good, and that you know that's kind of the, the end goal of preparedness to say, mm -hmm. oh, if a disaster happens, I'm not rushing to get something I haven't got yet. But exactly. depending on where you are in the preparedness journey, you might not be at that place yet. So yeah. uh, my answer now would be different than my answer five years ago, probably because I have most of this stuff. But I don't. I, I'll try and do like a. I'll try and do a combination, okay. uh, like assuming I don't have quite everything, but I'm a little bit prepared maybe. Um, I would, some of these are harder to get. So th it depends on where you live and what connections you have and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I would I would try to, try to stock up on, if this is, okay, this one's not relevant to me, but it's very important for people. If you have uh, medical mm -hmm knee, if you have a, a kid on insulin or something like that, that's one of the most important things to try and stock up on. Yeah. Because a, a lot of these disasters, you don't know if they're going to be a few days or a month or years. So yeah, medications or, you know, antibiotics, super important because that's something that is very hard to DIY. And that's the hard thing so is I would say, last minute too, trying to do that is so difficult, right? Yeah. And this is good. This is good. This is good to for people to think about, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, last minute, it'd be great, but you can't actually get this stuff last minute. So this is something that right. I need to put on top of the list of, mm -hmm. of preparedness. But if you're like, well, I'm getting low on insulin, and but I, I can get a refill, you know, within this window and I'm in that window. So let me just go and so I'll have a couple extras. So I'll do something like that. Yeah. Again, that one I think is very important, but not actually relevant to me. Right. So it's kind of a cheater one. Um, I would probably try and get as many propane tanks as I could. Nice. Because uh, you got to, in a survival situation, I have a lot of, I have a lot of ways to, to cook. You know, I got wood burning stuff and this and that, but propane is so stupid easy. And I have all these propane appliances and all these propane camping stoves. And I do stockpile a little bit of propane, honestly, but I would get propane just because it makes boiling water so easy. It'll make cooking so easy. It'll make a lot of your daily routine uh, a lot easier. And again, obviously, if you get a few propane tanks, it's not going to last you a decade. Mm -hmm. But if it's just a, a two-week disaster or something, that'll make that'll make your life way easier. Yeah. So probably propane. Yeah. All those indoor uses too. It's yeah, like, it's like you can keep yourself warm, a little Mr. Buddy heater or something like that. You know, the, there's no power or whatever. You can keep yourself warm if you need to, plus you can cook. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I guess you can propane and or fuel, like if sure. diesel or, or gas. We'll just kind of put those into one. Mm -hmm. uh, the other would be food, man. I'll just get as much extra food as I have because I, I have some food stores, but, you know, it's a lot of it is rice and beans and a lot of it is stuff that I don't necessarily, like, want to Yeah, longer-term like, stuff, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll survive off of it and, you know, I'll add some spices and make it work. But I would rather have as much good food as possible, like as much as I could possibly get. Right. Uh, so probably I would just stock up on a bunch of food that's, you know, relatively good and, and relatively easy to make, I think. Yeah, like that. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with food, man. Like, you really can't. Like, you got you to gotta eat. Yeah, we was talking about topping those things off. Yeah. It's like, you have that other stuff you don't want to tap into. So it's like, go get the good stuff. Yeah. As much yeah, as you exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I dig into my, like, survival stash one just for fun. Just, like, make mm. sure I can do it. <laughs> make yeah. sure it works, right? Um, but I try not to. It's like, oh, yeah, we have a power outage. I'm not going to reach straight for, oh, let's break into the prepper pantry. Yeah. I'm like, nah, let's just, I'll get a can of Campbell's off the shelf or something like that. So, yeah, probably food. Um, and then I think another one then would be, like, power, like, a way to power stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I talk about it on the channel a lot. I have a lot of battery backups. I have a lot of solar panels. This is one thing that I already have, so I wouldn't be out trying to trying to buy something. But if you have um, flashlights that need charging, if you have cell phones or you have computers or you have a CPAP or something like that, you're, you're going to have a lot of better time in you know, a grid down type scenario if you can use some electronics. So if you don't have a way to charge, maybe a generator instead mm -hmm. of a battery backup, but a, I really like a battery backup and a solar panel because you kind of have indefinite power. Yeah. Maybe, you don't, maybe you don't have a ton of power. Maybe it's a small battery thing, but you can charge your flashlights 
for the next 10 years or whatever. So I think power is another really good one that someone could try and get on the way home. Uh, and they sell some of these powers. So, you know, maybe Costco is a great stop on the way home. You and everyone else is stopping at Costco. Yeah, exactly. Most yeah. of these things could be could be found there because I think they're selling like power supplies and stuff yeah. now as yeah, well. Harbor some pretty Freight good ones. Sells uh, quite a few now. Jackery mm-hmm. and EcoFlow, and it's just kind of crazy. I love those. Yeah, things. it's like they're so nice. They make camping so much more comfortable. Well, and then you got, oh, you know, camping, for yeah. an SHTF situation, we talk about so often how communication is so important and you got it. Your, your number one communication device is your phone, right? You have to keep that rolling somehow. You have to keep that charged. And, uh, these types of devices are a great way to do that too. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, I don't know. I get. It's hard because I again I have all these things. I would get it. I would get a gun. If you don't have a gun, I yeah. would get a gun. We'll just kind of put that as a. I hope you have it or several already, and you mm-hmm. know how to use it. So I'm not even going to really put it on the list. But as I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, well, if you don't have one, that's that's a good that thing to have. Part, yeah. um, but I'll say the fifth thing would be uh, everything related to water. Mm-hmm. So I talk about this on the channel as well. You can store a bunch of water, but you're not going to, like you're, nobody's house is big enough to store as much water as they need. So really you need a way to procure water and you need a way to purify water. Mm-hmm. These are two very, very important. If you have a toilet and you have water, you can keep using your toilet mm-hmm. for a while, maybe indefinitely, depending on your setup, sewer, versus septic, all that kind of stuff. But you're going to be able to flush that toilet for a while. So being able to find water and being able to use the water. So I would say like, we'll just kind of wrap the fifth fifth thing into water. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have a gutter on your house, you can get water depending on where you live if it rains. If you're near a stream, if you're near a lake, if you're near a spring, if if you have a pool in the backyard, you have all these water sources that have a ton of water, but you need to be able to get that water and then use it. So most people have a bucket or something, but if you didn't have a bucket, you need a way to... Yeah. (laughs) get water needed to move water and then a water filter because you're going to want to drink it. You can boil water. You can do all, you can make your own filter. Well, you can do all this kind of stuff, but why not just buy a nice filter that Mm -hmm. will make all that stuff easier? So I would say, yeah. And water, water, people will argue with you till they're blue in the face. What's the most important thing, but water absolutely, absolutely is the, the most important thing in any survival scenario. Water. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, those are all perfectly great answers. <laughs> I love it. Um, this is kind of a bonus to that. I saw recently you you had a kid. Um, and that yeah. sort of changes your view on a whole host of things, but preparedness for sure sort of um it makes you think a little deeper about it. So has that changed the way that you look at preparedness or has it at all? Maybe you're still doing the same old thing. A little bit. It's it's kind of this will get off on a tangent as I as I often do if you watch my videos. But uh, preparedness with a kid is is kind of throws a new dynamic into it. Yeah. I guess I don't think it's vastly more difficult, especially you know if your wife is breastfeeding, she's kind of your own preparedness mach- food machine yeah, right yeah. there. Uh, Ashley had some trouble with breastfeeding. So we're kind of on formula now. So I, mm-hmm. I stockpile formula. I have more formula than we need. Yeah. That's one of the main things. Ashley yeah. and I, yeah, it, it goes fast. So I have like, I have some stores of like the really cheap stuff, just like that is emergency. And then I have just extra of what we use, mm-hmm. which is a great concept for general preparedness. You sure. always just have a little extra. You use a protein powder all the time, rather than just having enough on hand, get two more. That lasts for two or three, many more years. But I'm a big proponent of like having more than you, stuff that you're going to use that doesn't expire immediately, have a lot more than you need. It's the easiest way to start preparing. But yeah, so, so kind of formula, but a more, I don't know, theological, philosophical thing that I've been talking about with Ashley. Actually, funny enough, we were just talking about last night. I was, you know, I a prepper. So you're all, you're always like, mm, what 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 could I beef up in my preparedness, you know, yeah. stash? So I was kind of like buying a few random things, and I was talking to Ashley about, um, you know, if we wanted to have another kid, and what what if that happened when the grid was dead? Like, what do we need oh. to like? 
have a baby, yeah. like just deliver a baby and like have a newborn and do all this stuff. So we were kind of thinking through the process of not even just like having a baby, like already having a baby, but having to give birth <laughs> in a, in a grid down scenario, which is kind of a whole new thing. So I was like, you know, kind of so set up an appointment for a vasectomy. <laughs> Is that what happened? Uh, well, probably, I will be eventually. Yeah, but um, so we were kind of like working through some of that, and then just some of the basics. Like we we have diapers that we use, you know, buy big bulk huggies or whatever. And we're like, well, we should probably have a stash of like cloth diapers, yeah. Yeah. like stuff like that. But I mean, I think a lot of people overcomplicate it. And I get this a lot. Like ever since I have a kid, people know I'm a prepper. They're like very curious, like how my preparedness has changed with the baby. And I think most people who have had kids, and I'm not like a professional dad, right? Like I, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I haven't had eight kids and I, I haven't been having kids for a hundred years. I'm not a pro <laughs> at it or anything like that. But from what little I know is like kids are a lot more resilient than... Yeah than you think before you have them. Sure. So it doesn't it doesn't change a whole lot. Uh, you just need some food for them because they their dietary restrictions are different than an adult. Mm. So if you have their food, that's pretty much that's pretty much all you need. A a assuming the kid isn't on any kind of medical right. device or anything like that. that. Um, so I, I think it's a lot easier than people. Like, I don't think like a prepper's like, Oh, I can't have a kid. That's going to add too much more to my thing. No, man. Like <laughs> that's after what a few years, like too. Yeah, every single they one. Do. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, after, after a few years, this kid's going to be an asset, man. He's yeah. going to be the one fetching water. Yeah. He's going to be the one, you know, on guard duty. And I was, I was kind of thinking about it again. I hope you, I hope you're fine with the tangent, but I was, I was like, Okay, at, at what age is he like, all right, I'm going to drive the Tundra and you're going to drive the Tacoma and we're bugging out. Is that like <laughs> six, six-year-old oh, trying to yeah. do that kind of stuff? So, <laughs> no yeah, I was kind of having, having some fun with that. But, yeah, I think, I think food, food mm -hmm. again, food and if you have water already. But, yeah, food specific to the baby uh, is important. And then, yeah, if you want to go a little extreme, maybe like – upsized clothes to get, to get him some durable clothes and sure. shoe sizes that he can uh, grow eventually into. grow into through the years. Cause it's really hard to make a good pair of boots, right? Uh, you <laughs> you could do it. Out, yeah. You can make some, you can make some moccasins or something. Ooh, moccasins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is funny though. But like people do like assume that they're like caring for this little alien that doesn't eat food and has all these rare, like specific needs. It's like, it's a human baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, yeah. The, the milk thing is a little bit more complicated, but beyond that, they're gonna need what you eat, what you mm -hmm. need. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think people overcomplicate it a little bit. The only the only thing uh, as it pertains to, I talk a lot about uh, prepared vehicle, prepared daily driver, like we we mentioned earlier, or get home bags, stuff like that. I think the only real difference is like, yeah, you maybe carry a couple extra diapers and a mm -hmm. little bit of food. And then this is another one I thought of last night when we were, I was getting into the whole kind of, well, what extra things do we have to prepare for with a baby? And one thing I never thought of is if EMP hits or whatever, and you, you guys had that guy that was like an EMP professional mm -hmm. right. uh, a while back, you know, knows way more than I would ever know. But from what I've researched and reading some of the EMP commission uh, kind of stuff, a lot of vehicles will still work after an EMP. Yeah. Um, like a lot of even modern vehicles, not even, I'm not even talking about like old carbureted vehicles. The, the studies have shown that a lot of modern vehicles are shielded enough that a lot of them, maybe they'll shut off, but a lot of times they'll start back up or maybe they won't even shut off. So a lot of times this is another, sorry, I'll get back to the point. You're, this you're is a totally little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but prepared daily driver, you're, you're just assume even in an EMP, your truck is still going to go. Right. And you're in the city, you're at work, or you're at a pumpkin patch, you're doing something 20 miles from home. It's going to be way better to drive home. So have a vehicle that will be able to huck it through the ditches and around back road, through people's front yards, oh, you know, through alleys, you know, prepare daily driver, it's dope. But if you can't, the only thing that was kind of missing in my like daily driver get home bag kit was really a, a good way to carry my kit. 
So like we have like baby carriers and harnesses and tactical baby gear holder, all this kind of stuff. Um, But I don't have anything that I keep dedicated in my car to carry the baby around. I'll bring it if we're going to go on a hike or I'll bring it if we're going somewhere else or we'll bring like a wagon if we're going to go to the zoo or a stroller. But I, I don't keep just like a good way. And yeah, That's a really good point. people will be like, oh, don't be a pussy. Just carry him. Yeah, whatever. But you need your arms it, it gets tiring after a while. Yeah. Look, man, all you but need yeah, is duct tape. Like, I guarantee you got some duct tape in there. Who could? <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, I rig something up from an extra jacket or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, I'll just buy a cheap extra $10 yeah. China baby carrier and exactly. throw it in the back, you know. <laughs> so I was like, that was actually one gap that I hadn't thought of when people are – and this is one of the thing on the YouTube channel. People will ask me like, "Oh, what extra pre- and what extra preparedness things do you need with a baby?" And I think, okay, this would be a good video concept, right? Like, it's I have a kid, I'm into preparedness. A lot of people are asking me this question. Let me think. Of, like, it, my immediate answer is like, "Oh, you don't need much, man." But that doesn't make a very <laughs> good video, a right? Video, huh? so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, what could I add? So I'm like, I just have been trying hard to think. And I don't want to, again, I don't want to give people worthless information. I don't want to make a video just to make a video. Right. I don't want to tell yeah, you to yeah. buy, buy crap just to buy crap. Like that's not me. So I'm like, what could I ask? So then like in this journey, I was like, oh yeah, extra baby carrier actually would be a pretty good, pretty good thing. Like pretty cheap, yeah, good extra thing. If I had to ru- ruck home with a 25 pound baby, that would make my life much easier. Heck yeah. But yeah. Now that, yeah. that's awesome, man. That's I mean, think about that. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, just when I think about the kids and preparedness, it just makes me more serious about the concept of being prepared because I just feel like there's so much Absolutely. more pressure, right? Like, I, you know, I'm I'm taking care of this human, and I have to make sure that if something happens, they have food, they have water, or milk, or whatever. Um, so, like for me, that's the whole thing. It just makes me think about everything, um, to, uh, to another level, because like for, for me, like, I don't care, I'll get through something or if I don't, whatever. But when you have a family, it sure ju- does change the way that you, does. you look at that, you know? Absolutely. Uh, like across, across the board for everything, but preparedness, yeah. especially you see these preppers, uh, and I don't understand everyone, everyone's different. I'm not going to judge or talk crap about mm-hmm this person or that person, but you see a prepper that's just like a single dude living at home by themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the point? <laughs> I know. Uh, just like, thank you. Yes. We, we have this, uh, have this joke. My, my wife, uh, is very supportive of my preparedness journey, mm-hmm. fortunately, but she doesn't care too much. She does a little bit. She's like, it would really be nice to have a big DVD collection in the end of the world. Like she get like gets <laughs> sure. involved a little, a little bit, but in general, she's just like, that's, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. You do you. And we even have this joke where she's like, if it's zombies, I don't even want to live in that world. Dude, I just, we just want, had talked about that uh, recently. I just want to, yeah. I just want to off myself. So, and then I have a couple of preparedness friend, you know, a yeah. couple of friends that are kind of preppers and we talk about it. And now we coined the term, Ash prep. Ash is my like, wife's name. And, and she's like, oh yeah, a- Ash prep is just, yeah. That, that, that's all she needs to prep with. And I'm like, if I was a single dude, had nothing yeah. to live for, no no family, that that's the best, pre- like oh one bullet. Yeah. Like <laughs> done. That's the easiest preparedness you could do. You know, I'm not, dude, this is, I don't want this to get name. dark. That's so I don't want funny. This to get dark. My wife is named Ashley as well. And she, uh, she said same. the exact same thing. She's like, if it gets bad, I'm done. I don't want to be there. I don't want to deal with it. I yeah. just want to be finished. And I'm like, really? Like there's no will to live anywhere in the <laughs> Yeah, I can't comprehend it myself. But yeah, yeah. My wife, my wife's the same way. She's like, I will live for the sake of my children. Yeah. But if you know, if they died or something, She's I'm over. good. Like I've, yeah, I've, I've had a good life, and <laughs> let's end it. And I'm like, I will survive till yeah. the very end. But to your point, the whole meaning of like the whole purpose mm-hmm. of me surviving is so that I can allow my family to survive. Yes. Yeah. So I think the preparedness journey becomes, and really this was me for self-defense, for for getting my concealed carry to really learning how to manipulate a firearm, really learning mm-hmm. tactic and, and scenarios and how to, essentially how to kill anyone. Right. That's what I wanted to learn is just like how I can kill anyone mm-hmm. for the sake of defending the people that I love. So I kind of took it er- earlier as a self-defense journey 
that evolved more into a general preparedness journey. So yeah. it was, how can I keep my family safe from an immediate threat, which a firearm is the best tool that you can use to keep them safe from other guys with guns or, or knives or you know, you know a bomb vest or whatever, a gun, that's it. There's no argument. And then that went into, well, how can I keep my family safe from everything? Away from everything. Yeah. Yeah. If you can. Yeah, and a part of that, my journey was, yeah, buy, buy 15 acres out in the mountains and try to build a little homestead. So Man, it's, I'm jealous. Uh, it's beautiful. We're towards the oh, – it's, <laughs> it's been a, a, you know, a decade-long journey, mm -hmm. uh, but we're kind of, yeah – at the somewhat of the culmination of that. Yeah, it's so nice. awesome, man. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched his videos, oh my gosh, it's, it's it makes you jealous, it but does. it is it's a beautiful thing. I love seeing it. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. Yeah, it's what it's what's on yes. all of our minds of yeah. eventually having. Maybe probably sure. won't happen. I'm in the subdivision and probably going to be there the rest of my life. But that's all right. It's There's tough. different yeah, aspects to that, right? For sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, and I kind of think about this sometimes, like I just went all in, I just went all in. I was like, I'm going to do whatever I, I, whatever I need to in my life to make this happen. Like mm -hmm. it's a priority for me and not to poo poo anyone else and say like, Oh, it's just not a big enough priority for you. Like I understand like yeah. everyone has different family, everyone has different needs. Everyone has different jobs. It's everyone lives in different places and everyone doesn't even want the same thing. Like I, yeah. I had a guy, uh, actually my neighbor was out of town, but he was getting a delivery and there was a big box truck and he called me. He's like, this guy can't figure it out. So I went out, helped him, this old grumpy mate, you know, he he's the kind of guy that just wakes up and is mad at the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he comes in and there was snow on the ground. He was in a big box truck, like couldn't get traction. I was kind of helping him with some max tracks and stuff, getting to where he needed to go. And he got out of the truck. And this was a sentiment that I almost never hear. When I have friends or people or like the, the UPS driver, he's like, oh, this is beautiful. Like, I would love to live here. And I'm so used to that yeah. uh, mentality. Like I hear it all the time. I agree with it. Yeah, it's great. I love it. This guy was like, I don't know why anyone would want to live up here. And I was just like... <laughs> He's all pissed. Weird. Yeah, like yeah. that's the that's the first, but then it kind of opened my eyes to like, oh well, maybe not everyone. And a lot of people that probably don't. This. Yeah, yeah. Not like I love living in the city. I I love listening to taxi drivers honk their horn at three in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like I just love that, or I love the the energy of it. So I understand that the the yeah, homestead journey is yeah. not for everyone. It's fine. Again, like I don't judge other people. Like if it's not for you, that's totally cool. But yeah, th trying to make it work from an urban, mm -hmm. trying to be a prepper in an urban scenario is a lot, lot harder. For obviously. sure, it's a whole different, different ball game, man. Yeah, we got a buddy, the urban prepper, who that's that's what he does, man. Yeah, and it, oh, yeah it, I like that guy. He's such like a good him. dude, man. Um, but yeah, I love watching his stuff because it's just a whole different way of. That's probably the majority of approaching you know, preparedness. Of yeah, people that aren't prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's good. He's got all the color coding and yeah, all that kind dude, of stuff. He's yeah, he's he's the most organized person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So here's yeah. another question: um, where we've Kobe and I've been looking at overlanding and off road. You know, communication is a big part of any prepping plan. But we figured we'd ask you. I know that you go with your buddies and stuff, uh, off roading and everything. What's a like? What do you recommend for communication between you and you know that caravan or between you know, vehicles like a good CB radio? Do you use just regular two-way radio, FRS? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah, you open up a whole can of worms in, this, in this one as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the, best, the best communication tool by anyone that knows anything about communications, they're going to say ham. Right. Uh, that's the best. And there's d different levels of ham operator certifications. I just... It was important to me. I had a, I had a friend who's a ham nerd, and he preached at me, "Oh, you gotta get your ham." And so I, I I studied a bit. I went and I got my. So I'm a I'm a licensed uh, technician, mm -hmm. and you you need that to legally be able to operate ham radio. You can operate it illegally yeah. for sure. You can listen legally, but not transmit. Uh, but but ham is the best. But to, to your question specifically, if you're talking about like overland travel and going out with friends and stuff, I have not been able to get some of my friends to go get their ham certification. Mm -hmm. So I can't legally talk to them on ham. Uh, so I have ham. I have a ham radio in my truck. I think ham is great. 
I'm not a ham nerd. I, I don't know much about it, honestly. I know just enough to get my uh, license. Uh, I have a couple books lying around, so when the end of the world comes, I'll figure it out. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Um, and ham is super powerful if you have especially a higher wattage, bigger antenna, like home setup. Ham in general, you can just get a lot more range out of. Exactly. There's, there's restrictions to all other, there's like two watt restrictions or five watt restrictions, depending on what uh, radio frequency you're talking about. And the wattage will dictate range to mm -hmm. some extent. So with a ham, you can get a big antenna, you can get a lot of wattage. You can also operate, depending on your license, on different uh, frequencies, and I don't know how much you know. About, and I, again, I don't know much. I'm not. A, I'm not a ham pro, but nothing. <laughs> depending on the frequencies, uh, the wavelengths. Some are you know shorter. Short they can penetrate through things easier. Some are longer and they bounce. So like certain frequencies, you bounce them off the upper atmosphere and you mm -hmm. talk to South America or whatever. So ham has all kinds of crazy. It's the best by far, better than everything else. But for overland travel, you just get an FR two two way mm -hmm. FRS or GMRS is probably the best. You get yeah. a little license. I think you know it's fifty bucks or something. Lasts for five years, covers your household. So I would say invest in GMRS, GMRS. radio okay. is probably the best next step down from ham. A, a much lower barrier to entry. Most of my friends will have GMRS radios now. You can get uh, kind of hard-mounted car units with a bigger hard-mounted antenna, or you can just use handhelds. But a lot of times, if you're just caravanning, we use it. And it's I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because if you have friends and if you're going to take on this like overlanding camping journey, you're going to go on trails or whatever, having radios makes it twice as fun probably. Yeah. Like probably twice, like literally – for me, anyway, I'm a, as you can tell, kind of a social creature, I guess. Uh, so talking, oh, you see that moose on the side? Or like, you know, just something else yeah, comes not up. Not in the same vehicle. What, oh, what's your that. tire pressure at? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think it's I think it's great. And yeah, I would say for most people, GMRS is is the Sweet. way to go. You can buy them in, in two packs and it's just, yeah, it's, it's much easier to get into that and kind of will cover your bases for, for vehicular travel awesome yeah Man, i love that that's perfect yeah that's exactly what i was looking for one extra little question is can you explain to my wife why it needs to be a toyota to um bring that excitement of overlanding and camping and all of that i guess you know what like what more exciting things do you find with doing what you do not just for like bugging out and preparedness and all that. Like, do you guys enjoy it? And do you feel like a good off-road vehicle is, is worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Multifaceted question. I'm a, I'm a Toyota fan. I don't get paid by Toyota or anything like that. But uh, for those that don't know, but are maybe car nerds, like I have a, I have a 1984 Toyota Land Cruiser. That's an FJ60. That I have a 97 Land Cruiser. That's an 80 series. It's a 40th anniversary. I, I have a Tacoma, third gen Tacoma 2016. I have a 2022 Tundra. Uh, Ashley drives a Toyota RAV4. And I have my latest project is a 2008 Lexus. Lexus, if you don't know, Lexus is Toyota. Yeah. They're the yeah. same company, basically. So I have a Lexus LX570, which is identical to a, a 200 series Toyota Land Cruiser. So in the Toyota world, the Land Cruiser is kind of like, ooh, the Land Cruiser, I want to get a Land Cruiser. <laughs> and it really is like the ultimate. Uh, Did you still have the Sequoia? ultimate, Or is that gone? It's recently gone. Oh, okay. Sequoia is great too. Okay. Nothing to get, like, I love the Sequoia, but I had an LX570, which is a 200 series Land Cruiser, I sold because it was kind of too nice, and I sold it to get the Sequoia, kind of oh. a beater Sequoia, and the Sequoia worked great. Mm -hmm. I probably should keep, should have kept the Sequoia, probably better for how I you just beat it up and not yeah. care, and it just runs and it just goes and it's just great. But I missed the LX570 so much that I actually sold the Sequoia and got a oh cool got a LX570 really? again. <laughs> it's just it's just a tank. It's awesome. just and that that's against part of part of the family thing. I'm just like when I when we're rolling deep. When we're rolling whole family deep, I just want to 
I just want the Land Cruiser, just like. Mm. <laughs> um, so that's kind of that. But Toyotas, Toyotas are legendarily reliable. Uh, they're used everywhere, every third world country. You go out into the most distant village that you can get through, where no mate. That's a Toyota, there, yeah. <laughs> driving that thing. So they, they're legendarily reliable. Um, and then there's like a community aspect of it too. You like. Yeah. You go out, you, you, if you go out, if you go out on a trail, you'll see kind of like Jeep people together and then you'll see like Toyota people together a lot of times. And you kind of like become part of this community, which, you know, as every community can be toxic at times, but for the most part is pretty good. Like the Toyota community for the most part is pretty good. And there, if you get like a Tacoma or a Forerunner, some of the more mainstream vehicles, the aftermarket support is huge. Mm -hmm. You get any, any million bumpers, a million lift kits, a million roof rat, like it's overwhelming. So you can get everything. Yeah. So if you get something like more obscure, which might be a great, you know, Chevy Colorado or something like that, you're going to have way less aftermarket support. It is almost unanimously going to be less reliable as well mm-hmm. uh, over the long term. So if you're like, I want to buy the end of the world's going to happen and I'm going to be driving this Toyota for the next 10 years with no dealer servicing, a Toyota is going to be a better bet for that as well. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my, my little Toyota spiel. <laughs> We're going to yeah, send it to your wife. Oh, yeah, yep. See how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll take my I'll take my royalty checks now, Toyota. No, <laughs> exactly. no, no. We'll do whatever but, we need to. Um, the the other aspect, do you enjoy the the kind of the camping and everything? Fortunately, my wife like loves the outdoors. Actually, she loves to hike. She when she hasn't camped in a while, we actually haven't camped much over this last year with a new baby and mm-hmm. building a house and moving. So she's actually been missing it, but she loves it. And and Cooper, you know, he's just a baby. He loves it too. He's just like is very interested in like, oh, there's big trees around yeah. and we're like crawling around in the dirt. Uh, and I would love to imbue that into him and future children moving forward, just the yeah. love for the outdoors. Because there is something, it's a pretty common thing that uh, people that go out on weekend camping adventures, it recharges their batteries mm-hmm. or whatever, for some sure. sentiment related to that just getting out of your normal routine getting and i think there's literal there's a lot of literal scientific evidence studies and whatnot showing when people spend more time in nature there's many like psychological benefits but health benefits as well of just being out there so you tell your wives like listen we care about the we care about health right you yeah you know we care about like mental health and physical health and so we got to get out into nature more yeah i feel like that give us the opportunity to do that more so yeah just thought i would just drive that i'm crossing my fingers for you buddy like it really is like crossing my fingers yeah i love it uh awesome okay now we have two more questions for you and these are two questions that we ask every single guest that comes on the show they're very very important so i want you to take your time with these mike all right uh question number four what conspiracy theory do you find the most interesting or entertaining, and why is that? Ooh, yeah, man. There is, yeah, I mean, so many, so many routes you could take on this uh-huh. one, right? Um, I would say I'll say there's two, okay. two, and then you can you can choose which tangent we go off of, okay. I guess, after that. But one is aliens. I've always been like, it's a good one. Alien. I mean, classic. Alien. Alien. Everything about aliens, and then the other is probably like. A little darker, maybe, but like the Illuminati and yes. just the the general behind the scenes control of everything, economy, world, politics, all that stuff. And I, I think both of those probably at this point are, are less conspiracy and more uh, real. But they those could are probably be one the two and the like same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, could be. You know what could I mean? Could be for sure. Yeah, but yeah, alien- those are probably the two that are most interesting to me. Anyway. Aliens to me have always been number one. Like, I don't know how you find anything more fun, interesting than aliens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. It, just, I mean, it's just, it's fun to think about, you know, ancient aliens, yeah. modern, future aliens, like how much have they uh, impacted our civilization, our technology? Like what's going, like what's going on in the universe, man? The universe is a big oh, place. Yeah. yeah. What's going on out there? I know. We all want to know. 
So I, it's like we get asked quite frequently, it's like, hey, if you had to choose some sort of an apocalyptic event to come down and befall yeah, us, what aliens. would it be? I'm like, it's aliens. I want I want aliens to come and do what they're whatever they're gonna do. I want them to come I and do it. I need to know and I need <laughs> to see it. Yeah. Exactly. That's the tough one for me though. Like for me, like <laughs> I've gotten my point my, my myself to a point through whatever training and weapons and whatnot to where like I can handle pretty much any other threat. Right. Yeah. Like well, I'm yeah, talking true. I'm talking <laughs> nature. I'm talking uh-huh. uh, riots. I'm talking like intruders. I'm talking roaming marauders. Like I I'm pretty dialed right, for most things. Like it would it would take like a team of dedicated, well trained guys to take me out. Right. Aliens, I don't know. I don't freaking know, man. Like, I, I don't think I can do much. Ashley's plan. One tractor beam, it, one yeah. mind. Yeah, I maybe it's ash prep. Yeah, yeah maybe ash, ash prep. prep. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Uh, Could be. Alien but yeah, aliens are super fun. Yeah, like, and Those two the are other great. thing. Yeah. To come back to camping, to come back to camping, just bring it all back to camping and overlanding, mm-hmm. sitting around the campfire, it's kind of like a podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a couple of friends I go out with. Talon is Talon Sai. He's got another YouTube guy. One of the guys I go camping with a lot just because we kind of have similar schedules. We don't have a schedule. Uh, So we go out and every time we're out camping, we're like, this should be a podcast. Yeah. Just because of the stuff we talk about. It's true. And at least half the time it it comes back to aliens. Like it just, it's so fun. (laughs) It's so fun to talk about. Well, I think, you know, you're out there by the campfire, you're looking up, you're seeing the stars. It's every time Cam and I go too, it's like, you can hear stuff, but you can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's weird how it opens up conversation, just a campfire and a couple of guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? The fire is like, the world's greatest therapist. It like is. you just stare at um, it and all yeah. this like deep thought comes out. <laughs> a tale and tool as old as time. Right. Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, I'm glad aliens is your favorite cause it's my favorite too. Uh, yeah. Brothers in arms there. About. Last question. Um, again, very, very important for everybody to know, for me to know for sure. What is your favorite movie of all time and why? Tells a lot about you. It does. This will inform <laughs> yeah, this a lot is, of things here. This is tough. There's there's no way I could choose just one. Like, there's no way I could just I choose just one. Because uh, I like I I have a large swath of movies that I love. I love Good. the epics, the Lord of the Rings, the Matrix trilogies. Like I love those mm-hmm. things too. I love com- you know Step Brothers. What I love comedies. <laughs> I love the Doom and Gloom too. But probably one of my one of my favorite movies is probably this documentary called Idiocracy. Um, (laughs) Not actually a documentary, but it's kind of turning, kind of turning into a documentary. Uh Uh, It's just, it's hilarious and it's so true. And then other movies I like are movie, kind of like post-apocalyptic movies naturally. Uh, So like I Am Legend is one that I like a lot. Yeah, I like that one Something about that movie, I like it. Or um, like The Book of Eli. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that book. That was a good one. That was actually the first, maybe not the first, but one of the first like get home bags I made mm-hmm. was inspired by that movie because really. it was largely around his backpack. He had this backpack. Yep, that's true. He was cruising around the country. He had this backpack. It had all his gear in it. And he was like, it was like his bug out bag. It was like his go bag. And to the point where I was like, what backpack is that? I found the model of the <laughs> backpack. Did. I bought that model of backpack. It was an Oakley backpack. Oh my gosh. And his... I actually found it in multicam even. Oh my god! And I built my. It's probably on. My, it's on. It's on my channel. I built my get home bag out of the book of Eli That's backpack. Awesome. That's pretty sweet. And even more interesting, I actually just. I'm thinking about it, just yesterday. I saw an Instagram post like. My Instagram feed, my doom scrolling is filled with a lot of random crap, yeah. like from from working out to preparedness to cars <laughs> to trucks to fast cars, everything in between. And then I saw this one and it was, you know, I don't, I don't dig too much into, uh, the powers it be using movies to oh, yeah. tell us really what there's a big, you know, there's huge, huge like following of people that are like, we have a lot oh, of yeah, this about yeah. that lately. Yeah. I, I, I don't get, I don't get into that too mm-hmm. much, but there was one and it was the book of Eli and there was a poster on the wall and the year on the poster was 2024. Uh. Really? So, yeah. Oh, I thought that was we interesting. About, yeah. We need to go into that. 
Yeah. Those are great movies. But yeah, I don't though, know. Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, not a great answer though. Maybe. Idiocracy. That is like um, predictive programming a bit, <laughs> isn't it? Jeez, um, that was Dax Shepard, yeah. right? Was it Dax? Was the dude in that? Dax was yeah, yeah like the lawyer guy. Uh-huh. Um, and then what's his name? The Wilson, the other Luke Wilson. Yeah, Luke Wilson, Wilson. That's was right. kind, yeah, yeah. kind of the main guy. Oh man. Uh, but so good, so good. Yeah. I see, you know, TikTok and whatnot turning us into that that generation yeah, no pretty kidding. quick. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's a good one. Is, but that's, I like that, a lot man, of movies. <laughs> predictive programming for sure. Beautiful answers. I love them. Yeah. Um, and you've been you've nice. been a joy to uh, have on the show. You've you've been wonderful. Appreciate you. It was a lot of fun. I will let I you know how you successful you were. Yeah. For my future plans with my wife and buying a truck. So thank you. Hey, I hope. I hope. It, <laughs> Me too. I hope it helps, man. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. It's all it's all like very logical, yeah. very <laughs> like very concrete. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, it will improve your life. Facts, figures, numbers, yeah, I, all that kind yeah. of stuff is involved, right? Yeah. 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 It'll make happiness will go up. Yeah. Preparedness up, mental ability health. to get home oh. in adverse scenarios goes up. Mental health, yeah, goes up. Your relationship, here, there's no, ne- no negatives. Said, so, <laughs> no negatives. Older. Yeah. Um, can you please tell everybody listening where they can find all your stuff? Yeah. So probably I'm primarily a YouTube guy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just last line of defense on YouTube and Instagram's probably my next thing. Uh, last line of defense as well on Instagram. I do have a small holster company. I sell concealed carry holsters and that's, that's right. just at yeah. uh, LLOD.us. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Go subscribe. One of the best YouTube channels on the face of the planet. It really is. Like, really, it's really super good. fun to watch. Your yeah. video, so. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Man. Thanks you for coming on. back on. Um, need this little anytime yeah. you want to come back, please let us know. We'd love to have you. Um, and just one last thing. Stay survived, buddy. Stay survived. Stay survived. <laughs>